On this episode of the Capacity Podcast, we join Ilona, the president of the 180DC University of Sydney branch. She will be introducing the Social Impact Day as well as the Digital Impact Stream, which are hallmark programs of 180DC UCIT. She will also be sharing more about the issues of environmentalism and food systems, as well as improving diversity in STEM that she is personally involved in advocating for. Good morning, good evening, and good night, everybody. I'm Ryan Lee, the host of Capacity, the podcast brought to you by 180 Degrees Consulting in the lead-up to our inaugural 2023 APEC Summit. We are all about helping you unlock your capacity and navigating the recent trends in the APEC region. Today, we have Ilona Iliho, the president of the 180DC University of Sydney branch, to tell us more about what the branch is up to. So, welcome on the show, Ilona. Thank you, Ryan. Really excited to be on here. So maybe first up, um, you could introduce yourself. What do you study and what is your role in the Sydney branch? Yeah, sure. Hey, everyone. I'm Alona. I'm originally from Hong Kong, but I moved to Sydney about three years ago to pursue my degree in environmental science and law. Um, I work at a plant-based food tech startup, and I'm very passionate about the environment, which I'm happy to touch on later, um, but starting as a project member for one semester, then a team leader for two semesters and secretary for one year, um, I'm very excited to be the president of the 180DC USAID branch this year. Um, so that means in total, I've been volunteering with the founding branch of 180 for about four years now. And it, it's been a really big part of my uni life. So I'm very grateful to be connected with the worldwide community. Okay, so let's get this interview kind of kicked off. What interesting projects has uh, the Sydney branch done over the past cycle? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, client confidentiality aside, um, I think I'd love to touch on some internal operational um, projects that we've been working on that have really helped us enhance the 180 community. Um, so the first one I'd say is uh, developing workshops, educational workshops for our internal community. Um, this has been refined over different semesters and um, we've worked with different sponsors, corporate sponsors on this. Um, but essentially that's been a really key project that has helped us um, really help our student, com our community of students grow. Um, that's something that I've been really excited to work on and continue to work on. Um, another another project that 180DC has been working on in the past cycles um, include creating a social impact day. Um, and so that hasn't been actioned properly yet. And it keeps um, the variations and iterations of it. Um, but this actually includes us in a active volunteering day where we work with either a client or a sponsor um, to do a volunteering, to act in a volunteering role as well to keep us connected with our mission, which is to make a social impact. Um, and yeah, those two, I would say off the top of my head, are my favorite operational projects that we've been working on. Okay, so maybe you could share more about like what um, a social impact day even is because I think some of uh, the members of our audience might not know um, the concept. Yeah, sure. So 
A social impact day for us entails working with various stakeholders, as I've said, um, in creating a day that is focused on connecting our community members with a mission. So for example, it could look like a beach day cleanup, and that was one of our previous social impact days. Um, we are looking into bringing our corporate sponsors into this as well, as it would be aligned in their um, goals and connecting with social impact. Um, but essentially, our the values of the social impact day to us um, include connecting the community internally, um, connecting the community with um, their social outreach beyond the projects that they've done, um, and also we also believe that with our clients, it helps us really establish like a long-term relationship with those that we're, we've been working with for a while. Um, and so, yeah, those are, those are, I guess, our values when it comes to the social impact day and why we started that initiative. Again, it's a very um, early project. I'm still creating like the final iteration for this year, um, but it allows us to work with various portfolios across our executive. Um, that would look like, I'm not sure what each branch has with their roles, but um, for us, I've been working with the events manager, our external partnerships director, as well as our uh, consulting di consulting directors and um, vice president of consulting to organize such an event. Um, so I see value in organizing this project because it really allows us to bond as a team um, and Okay, it sounds sounds like a really fun thing to have. It's always fun to like volunteer with your friends, mm. I feel, and that was something I missed back in school. Mm. So where do you see the project moving forward, actually? At the end of the day, I think it's great that um, we're showing, or 180 with the mission of educating students in consulting skills and allowing them to make a social impact um, by providing services to social enterprises, NGOs, um, registered charities. At the end of the day, I think it's still important for uh, many students and many people to uh, reconnect with the community through more direct volunteering at times. Um, and so that is just one of our ways of just allowing our community to um, reconnect with our mission. And as of your second question, um, where we see the project going, um, it is a mini project, so it is just like one of our events that we host. Um, I guess to preface, I should have prefaced this at the start when I said interesting projects, um, and this might be a bit of an overlap with any questions you might have in terms of leadership. Um, but I guess like the one thing that we really try to hone in 180 DC of branch is that we really promote inter-portfolio work. Um, we really believe in interdisciplinary cooperation, interdisciplinary working. Um, that's why our exec itself is very diverse. Myself saying science and law, um, my VP is both saying engineering, commerce, um, so we really want projects to be as interesting as our exec, um, but I guess to bring it back to the beach or the social impact day, um, how I see it moving forward is something that, again, allows 
us to generate more awareness of 180 so that more people can obviously join the community, um, but as well as for internal, um, for people to be, for the already existing members to be more connected with our community um, of charities as well as corporate sponsors and within. Um, I hope that upcoming not to speak too soon because I was just, I just became president. Um, but I hope that um, for upcoming years, at, lo I, at least this tradition can be held um, because I really see value in what social impact day can bring for us. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And I really do hope that the, your uh, social impact day um, goes smoothly. And so I guess beyond the issue of connecting to the community, as you've mentioned, uh, getting them to, participate hand-in-hand -hand with your 180 branch in volunteering. Are there any kind of other emerging problems in Sydney that you hope can be tackled? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it, the first problem that I can think of, I don't think is just topical to Sydney. Um, and I'm sure, unfortunately, you've heard many of these, uh, <laughs> the address of this issue, but just evolving from COVID and having to, readjust to in-person events, in-person client meetings, that that has been a big learning curve for us. Um, and actually, I think, I think we're at the very end of getting over it, which is nice because we've learned to adapt to what is most efficient. So for example, most of our clients, most of our charity partners, they prefer online meetings as most people nowadays uh, so that's something that we've been able to overcome but say some more um i wouldn't i wouldn't really phrase it as problems if i'm going to be honest with you ryan uh, i think it's just the challenges that we continue to want to create systems for is the continuous diversi diversification of our community so in particular to uh, communities stand out to us. So it's STEM students that we really want to integrate into our consulting community and female students or other diverse gender individuals. Um, I'll speak to the first point, which is STEM students. Um, it, I think it's now quite obvious that, again, the world needs more interdisciplinary cooperation. And this is showcased in not only in grad recruitment, but also in a lot of just global problem solving, many more um, scenes of different discipline or people in dis different disciplines are involved um, with consulting and being a quote unquote consulting society that uh, is focused on social impact. We are categorized in the business school. And so that unfortunately dissuades a lot of students from joining and yeah that is something that we but that's something that we've been very aware of but we have created a digital impact stream in our consulting society so our mainstream is strategy which is similar to many other branches where it's just your traditional strategy consulting but we do have a digital impact stream in at our Sydney branch, which allows students of, you know, let's say computing backgrounds or more STEM-based backgrounds or more mathematical backgrounds to join and um, 
more tangibly see their impact. So for example, students can work on um, software development, creating uh, front-end development websites for our clients. And so that's a way that we've been able to diversify our outreach. Um, in our uni, we also are, the engineering students are also required to complete something called PEP hours, which shows their uh, application of their knowledge outside of class. And so Luckily, this year, we've been able to qualify as a society that offers those PEP hours. So these are all ways that we've been trying to diversify our outreach to STEM students. I've, um, I'm very happy to also represent these STEM students by being an environmental science student. Uh, but as of the female diversification, that is uh, unfortunately something that female and diverse indiv individuals, um, unfortunately, still something that we are trying to understand better um, because although the initial recruitment of students is quite diverse as we um, trickle into further into uh, the journey of 180 and like with the different positions that you can take part in, uh, we do see a bit of a female drop-off rate. And um, I think that's something that we definitely are trying to continue like growing awareness of um, by creating more social media posts as well as uh, just awareness and education investment. Yeah, so I'd say those are the two challenges that we have faced and continue to face but are already actively working on. Yeah, I think the STEM, the trying to diversify and recruit more STEM students is a common thread I've seen so far amongst all the branches I've interviewed so far. Everyone's saying how they really want a lot of STEM students, mm. but for some reason, they're not trickling in. So, I mean, I'm giving you the chance to, you know, market market your digital impact stream. It's the digital impact stream, right? I didn't get yeah. the name wrong. Yeah. The, so, so why should a STEM yeah, student join the question. digital impact stream in the USIT branch, like what's in it for them if if it were? I think more and more we're seeing the world evolve into a more digitally in integrated world, right? No matter if that is, you know, in healthcare, if that's in education, if that's in finance, um, inevitably a lot of our transformations and our, um, yeah, our transformations in the next generation or this generation have been digitally impacted. I believe that, well, first of all, to clarify, the digital impact stream isn't limited to students from uh, STEM backgrounds. They usually, we usually do look for a digital background. So that might be like digital marketing, uh, computing, um, machine learning, that type of background. But um, I would say if I were to say one line on why students should join the DI stream for us, it would give you an opportunity to use your digital skills for good while in a uh, strategy context. I think oftentimes a lot of uh, students with digital backgrounds, they all have one or two things in common, which is that they enjoy solving problems. Um, if you ask any uh, computer science student and you ask them, usually a lot of them really like the experience of um, solving, a pro like, ha like having a prompt um, 
needing to, I, I guess, like create a website, let's say a front end developer needs to create a website that fulfills these needs and they enjoy fulfilling that by writing out the code. Um, I believe a digital impact stream. So where you're using your digital skills in a consulting context, you're able to not only fulfill that um, prompt and create your, uh, I guess, like archetype of what you um, see as a solution, but you're also able to see how it interacts with different aspects of a business or an NGO or anything. So that's why I think there is a lot of value for a student with digital background to experience consulting, um, volunteer consulting, consulting cases, all that, because it really gives you an in-depth knowledge and contextual background of how your digital skills can be applied in um, in the world, yeah. Yeah, and I think I wanted to just ask on behalf of all the branches who may be considering uh, setting up a digital impact stream similar to 180DC you sit, right? Um, what are some of the challenges and opportunities with uh, setting up this digital impact stream, especially since it seems to be quite a new thing uh, for 180DC USIT as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that the digital impact stream dates to two and a half or three years ago now. So I would say I'll focus on the opportunities first. Um, Number one, the increase in diversification of students involved. I think whether that's in just like the actual clients that you can attract or whether that's more external facing things like, oh, you know, our student community is so diverse and stuff um, and the problems that you can solve become more diverse, um, whether it's that or it's even just being able to interact with other students on a semi-professional basis, uh, I think diversity is something that's so beautiful that we can experience. And I definitely, something that I really enjoy in my branch is that we do advocate for this diversity. And from there, you know, many more discussions, whether the personal, professional, whatever, um, the discussions that we have are very enriching, fulfilling, energizing. So that's something that I would highlight as an opportunity because bringing in students of a different stream, particularly non-conventional uh, consulting subtype, usually you get a lot of commerce students at our branch. You get a lot of law students at our branch. Um, but yeah, bringing in students that have a different background, I think it will enrich the experience for everyone. Uh, and that's including, you know, the clients, the NGOs, the uh, corporate sponsors, the community, and whatnot. Uh, I would say the two other opportunities that I see include, um, yeah, a more technical, uh, technical value add, which is that a lot of our digital um, impact stream students actually help us with like lots of the technical things, like optimizing operations at 180. Um, so, for example, I'm not, I haven't been in digital impact stream, but as president now, like I'm always on the lookout for software that can automate our processes. Um, for example, when it comes to uh, organizing our workflow, um, when it comes to organizing client outreach, I love using software to help me or to help support me in that role. Um, and that's the third opportunity I see in setting up a digital impact stream. 
I think is more, it's going to be more external facing, which is focusing on the corporate sponsors. But I think that the corporate sponsors that we've been able to attract and align with have grown significantly since we've become, uh, since we've created that digital impact stream. Um, so one of our corporate sponsors I can think of off of the top of our head, they uh, focus on specific like technical strategy and solutions. And, you know, that's not something that I think we would have had if if we didn't have digital impact stream. So essentially being able to have our digital impact stream allows us to also open up a separate career path for our students, which I really enjoy. I'd say the main challenge is honestly just again, like education and awareness to the students. I think that again, like conventionally, not a lot of like consulting has been seen as something that is very uh, commerce or business student oriented. But, however, I think the education and awareness really needs to be focused on by perhaps the marketing team, um, perhaps the uh, utilizing um, bigger student events like we have an O week, and that's where we push for a lot of student diversification outreach. Um, I see it as a challenge, like reaching out to STEM students, but it's not something that can't be overcome. Yeah, you've made a great case for why uh, more branches should adopt the DI stream and why people should join the DI stream in general. On a more personal note, <laughs> you briefly touched on uh, two big issues so far, environmentalism and uh, women in STEM as well. Would you like to share more about these causes and mm -hmm. maybe any other cause you personally advocate for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. I can start off with the environmentalism. Um, so to give everyone a background, uh, a big reason why I came to Australia, I'm not even kidding, is because I think I fell in love with Steve Irwin when I was about five. Um, <laughs> and ever since that, I was really, uh, <laughs> I was very, very um, conscious and um, intentional in learning about the environment. Um, Steve Irwin aside, I think that Australia is a beautiful country because although uh, not perfect and definitely a lot of improvement to be made, um, the indigenous culture here, which I've been able to learn about, um, has shown me how important it is to be connected to nature. Of course, with the climate crisis happening and um, understanding how individuals, collectives, as well as corporations have contributed to this, I've been very passionate um, about understanding climate mitigation and adaptation strategies, specifically to food systems, um, because food, the food system affects a lot of our uh, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, even more so than transportation, actually. Um, and that's why that's kind of segued me into the plant-based food tech industry in the startup ecosystem. Um, so yeah, that's something that I really like to do and I really advocate for. Um, other things that I do is I host a lot of climate conversations. So they're facilitated scientific conversations with diverse communities to talk about climate change. Oftentimes, um, unfortunately, a lot of people get climate anxiety and get quite pessimistic about our outlook in the world. Um, but yeah, those are, I guess, my involvements in climate change. I'd love to be part of the movement 
and continue to be part of the movement. Um, and yeah, that's about it. And in terms of women in STEM and why I stand quite firmly about um, attracting more women as well as diverse gender individuals in consulting or just in general being a advocate for more representation, participation, inclusion um, of women and diverse individuals in you know science, technology, engineering, mathematics is because historically women have been so underrepresented in STEM fields. Um, not only like STEM is like a very it's already niche, which is really sad, but even in um, looking at the amount of female CEOs around the world, how they're less of less, I think there's a stat, I'm not sure if it's updated, but there's like a stat that goes, um, there are less female CEOs than there are male CEOs in the world called John in this world. And um, again, it's nothing to do with like a gender, like it's nothing to do with women, uh, female versus male or whatever, um, but it's more so about increasing the representation and participation and inclusion because there has been a systematic um, unbalance and that uh, disadvantages all genders. Um, I think there there's a lot of research that shows that women are less likely to pursue careers in STEM, and that's due to, you know, stereotypes, lack of role models, gender bias. Um, and so I think it's really important to encourage women and all diverse genders to step up into STEM education and careers. Uh, this can be done through many opportunities. I used to be in a society called Women in Science, uh, where I work specifically with corporate sponsors. Um, but it's through this inclusion that we can have more diverse, diverse, a, a more diverse united front and community. And that's where I honestly believe that we can start solving uh, climate change issues or global issues. We can't actually attack or systematically change global issues without uh, diversity, without, I think, like, in my definition of sustainability, it includes diversity. Um, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, and, like, it's only when you have diverse opinions and diverse um, skills, diverse uh, backgrounds, where you can solve um, things like the climate crisis. So, I guess to summarize what I've just said and like why I'm passionate about both of those causes, um, you know, significantly the climate change is something that impacts the global community uh, disproportionately to underprivileged communities. Uh, but with the more like personal aspect of being a woman in STEM, I believe like bringing in diverse communities will eventually help with solving these global issues. Okay, that's wow. That's quite that's quite a extensive look into kind of two key key issues: environmentalism and women in STEM. I've I I see you've done quite a bit mm. of extensive volunteering for this uh for these causes through the years. Um, I guess I just wanted to ask what motivates you to to volunteer so much, even with um like you know lots of commitments uh university commitments as well as 180 commitments to still continue to volunteer uh, for these causes as well? Yeah, for me, I think it's, 
on a more personal level, I believe truthfully with all my heart in growing every day. I really try to stay disciplined to have a growth mindset. And for me, volunteering is a way of understanding the world from different perspectives. And it's a way of understanding systematically where you fit into this world and this global community. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? Um, we're all part of this larger um, earth community. So for me, it's really a way of growing my understanding and uh, opening up my worldview. I guess like how I stay motivated, it really isn't motivation. Um, I mean, you could easily want to do these things for, you know, very superficial reasons, like, oh, like a CB stacking or something. Um, but yeah, realistically, it is a lot of time spent in uh, volunteering. It's not something that is necessarily easy, but I would say the reason why I do, um, I do allocate and prioritize a lot of time for uh, being with the community is because I think that at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Um, a bit, uh, a bit graphic, but like, you know, if I'm six foot under, I don't really care if I've um, I don't know, made like a billion dollars, but I haven't like haven't actually connected with the community and have understood or been part of the wider community that is our earth. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily motivation. It's just like I couldn't really imagine my life otherwise. Fair enough, fair enough. So I guess um <laughs> After university and 180 DC, where do you want to go? Do you want to stay, uh, continue in uh, the current kind of job you are in? Or do you want to maybe explore some other fields as well? Hmm. I know I it's difficult to say. <laughs> that hasn't necessarily... Yeah, um, that, necessarily, that hasn't necessarily set in stone. I have been able to luckily been able to uh you know dip my toes in quite a few different ecosystems so uh policy startup law um as well as science and business um so th these are all things that i see as learning experiences i'm continuously understanding and learning um what that role would take shape in but i guess to answer your question i would frame it in what type of impact I would want to make rather than, you know, what type of job I want. Because, yeah, like, I think the job will continue to evolve. I don't really see it as, like, a limiting factor. But in terms of impact, I definitely, as I emphasized before, want to be part of or want to revolutionize the food system that we have to create a more sustainable, accessible, ethical, and nutritious food experience for all. And, yeah, that's, I guess, essentially where I see myself going. Like, there are things that I learn on the side, outside of uni and 180, for example. Um, right now, I'm really interested in coding and developing my coding skills. And I, I see that as a way to evolve my career, too. Um, but yeah, I don't really see it as just, like, a career box. I see it as more of, like, what impact do I want to make when you ask me a question of, what do I want to do after graduation? 
I mean, just to touch on the point of sustainable food systems, uh, what does that mean even? Uh, and I think, I mean, I've, I've read somewhere that this has been quite a while, but um, there's a specific understanding of sustainable food systems from an Aboriginal point of view that is often quite uh, overlooked, mm. if I'm not wrong. Maybe, um, I don't have quite a lot of expertise in this, but maybe you would uh, be able to shed some light on this. Yeah, sure. So when it comes to any uh, global reconstruction or revolution, one philosophy that I stick very closely to, or not really philosophy, it's more of a value, which is globalization. I'm not sure if you've heard of the term, but it's essentially globalization and localization together. And I think a good example of that is think of the Italian pizza, how that's transformed all across the world to cater to the local needs. Um, essentially, I think any global project has to be like that, right? Like 180 has done that where it's launched from Sydney and then it's been able to localize in its different branches across the world. Same thing. I think that when it comes to food systems or any really social impact projects that you have uh, that you want to grow into a global scale, there is such a significance to understand what the local community needs and not to just implement your ideas and think, okay, this is the right thing to do in Sydney and now I need to implement it in Hong Kong, Singapore, wherever. Um, so that's, that's I guess, a value that I have. In terms of uh, the actual technical parts of food systems, um, there are many like parts of the food supply chain, which I, I'm like, happy to go in depth with if you really need me to. But um, I think what to answer your question, that's more relevant to this podcast as well as just, uh, I guess, like the listeners or anyone else that might be involved is that globalization is incredibly important when it comes to any social impact project, because I think the idea of implementing just your thoughts would be the antithesis of that diversity value that I was speaking of before. And also, I think that there is quite a, um, I think there's almost a notion that we do have to be really aware of that is um, in the post-colonialist world. Um, it's maybe this is, yeah, in a post-colonialist world, I think there oftentimes is like almost this motivation or this, um, not desire, but this, um, I guess like passion project a lot of people embark on at a very young age to go help like quote unquote developing countries, right? And they um, see it from their view as like, oh, I know how to help these countries. Um, but the truth is, truth of the matter is like you have to speak to the local communities um, and it can't be perceived in a uh, Western, uh, quote-unquote, developed view, um, because all of these are biases that would hinder you from having those diverse, uh, interdisciplinary, uh, problem-solving strategy um, approaches. So yeah, I, I guess that's how I would answer your question, Ryan, instead of really walking you through the food system, because I could bore you to death. I'd talk about it for 24 <laughs> hours, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually now that you mentioned it right I've never thought about Italian pizza being kind of a product of globalization but now it seems so obvious 
<laughs> yeah, in Japan, they actually put like sushi on pizza. In Thailand, they have like spicy sauces. You know, it's a very interesting phenomenon of 21st century. Yeah, and I guess before we leave, what is one message you want to leave our audience with? Mm, I guess to end this podcast, uh, the one thing that I would leave the audience with is to go find what makes you alive and what makes you feel alive. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Ilona, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for interviewing me. Really appreciate it. To all our listeners, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Keep a lookout for more branch showcases in the future on the Capacity Podcast. Once again, I've been Ryan Lee. This has been Capacity, the 180DC Apex Summit Podcast. Unlock your capacity today.